Oh man, Donald Driver, if you are listening, you just like, you know, whatever, you know, just keep it right on the straight and narrow, Donald, please. Please, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Jordy Nelson, no insider spark. trading. Do not leave please your farm. God. Stay on the farm. <laughs> what is Gilbert Brown up to, man? McKinnon Dorliant, if you, I swear to you, <laughs> if you steal any puppies, if you're doing some bad backyard breeding, I swear to God. Man, Atari Bigby, whatever you're doing, man, um, just. Keep it, keep it where it needs to be. And uh, you know, Dean Lowry, if you're out there, like you're never, you're never one of my favorite players. Sorry. It's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers from my South Side of State. I'm Mike Fleischman. That's Matt Mellum Setter. We are talking about Week One. The Packers defeat the Chicago Bears by a score of 38 to 20. Matt. The Packers didn't finish strong last year. You and I, we didn't finish strong last year, but we're back. It's 2023. The Packers feel fine. I feel great. Uh, I don't know anything about gambling or fantasy football. I am a perennial fantasy football champion. I'm Matt Elmsetter. Uh, I'm coming to you from a, a dark, somewhat rainy today Brooklyn apartment. Mike, how you doing? How, how's, it, how's it been? Man, I'm good. I'm having a spindrift, sparkling water, Real squeezed grapefruit seltzer. I'm hanging out, uh, talking about football, which is I have not been able to do this for a while. There's there's a lot of folks who maybe are Indianapolis Colts fans around me or Chicago Bears fans, and being able to actually like hang out with some Packers fans feels fantastic. Uh, both of those are a, a tough life to live. I I don't envy either mm. of them. We'll we'll talk about the Bears a little bit today. Um, but uh, Colts and Bears, both, both can't be fun. Yeah, you don't really. I, I I've got no problem with Indianapolis and the whole like facilities they have down there. I've been down there a bunch, but oh boy, the Colts are uh, are a pretty pretty odd product on the field. But we do have to talk about week number one. And I I felt going in. I felt going into the year. I kind of set set the stage for what the Packers did leading into Week One. I felt this team was in a good spot, in that they have a lot of young players on defense, and they've added to that through the draft. And they've also got a bunch of guys on offense who they believe in, and they have the ability to move on from a season that ended really poorly by turning the page. And that is a that's always a good way to to get rid of a bad notice, to kind of turn the page and to do it with confidence in that, like we all knew from spring onward that the Packers were going to start Jordan Love this year. And everything went fairly well into week one. And I've seen uh, consecutive years where the Packers start poorly in week one and they came out ready to play on the road in week one. So that's kind of my preamble to this game. Where is yours at? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I look at the, the NFC North this year and I say, like, most of the teams in this division are very bad to bad. Uh, and the Packers are the second youngest team in football. And so it's it's fun to come into a season for the first time in a while with really no expectations of where this could go. Uh, this team can go in, in any direction. And I, I think week one is a, a great starting point. Well, I think that there's some really basic expectations that like even the youngest team in the NFL can meet 
if you have the things that you believe the Packers have, like, you know, picking it up, I think they have a good head coach and I think they have good position coaches. And I think that they have a bunch of talent that has at times shown a little bit less effort than than you'd want to see. But if you have the things you think you have coming out and being able to like play hard and control the line of scrimmage and and tackle willingly and be physical and to kind of meet chippiness with your own own chippiness and to you know not back down from from an opponent that is is making mistakes and talking trash at you at the same time to like stand up to that on the road like those are things that you can expect like a well-coached team full of guys who want to be there to do and so I was happy just from the beginning to see that even like first quarter first drive second drive that that pleased me immediately yeah, it's it's felt like you know week one for the last couple of years has been a has been a struggle uh, for the Packers, and I I I think you're right in that toughness has also been a a resounding issue for this team. When things aren't going right, they kind of the wheels fall off a little bit. I think it was Robert Sala who said like, if we pull them down into the dirt, we punch them in the mouth, they're not getting back up. Uh, and this is a team that that fought the whole way. They never. You know, they had some struggles early on. They put up 14 in each quarter in the second half, uh, but only 10 in the first half. Uh, and You know, th- things weren't perfectly sharp in the first half, but they, they stuck it out. They closed it out. They played better as it got going. It, it felt like preseason game five. Yeah, they played with uh, sauce. They, they put a little sauce on it, which is yeah. just something that you want any team that you're rooting for to do is to finish plays hard and – yeah, things weren't quite working early on, but this is a game that included like two different stretches of uh, seven, like seventeen, and then fourteen unanswered. So, like that in itself to me was was like they they've got the momentum rolling, and you know if we if we kind of start the the recap of this game, you know point number one for me would be the Jordan Love and Romeo Dobbs connection because they looked great and in sync in this game like that this didn't look like week one once they got going and once he caught once you know once that first touchdown pass was was in the books and you know that that clutch third down conversion on the drive where they scored once those things were happening it just felt like those two knew where they needed to be and and knew what the timing on what they wanted to do was Romeo Dobbs two touchdowns today I thought that first one was 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 beautiful coming across the end zone uh jordan love kind of hitches hitches comes up lets it go it's a weird platform it's a weird angle just kind of flicks it through uh it looked great i'm trying to find the i should have should have grabbed it i believe jordan love was eight of ten on third and fourth downs uh he was he was great in money downs important times he was fantastic um you know he was he was 15 to 27 on sunday but third and fourth downs money yeah, he made a lot of smart decisions, and the first smart decision that he made, and he made it throughout the game, and it's a decision that you can contrast with Justin Fields and some of the decisions he made, was he made the decision to stand in the pocket, maintain his throwing platform, and kind of gamble come what may. I mean, the Bears weren't able to hit him very often, but he was in there in tight pockets. Things were collapsing. He was making small moves when he needed to, but like the, he kept the throwing platform correct and and that was I, I know that there are probably going to be some teams that are going to bother him a lot more than that Bears front bothered him, 
but getting off to that start and seeing that success happen, it's kind of like what we talked about coming into this in, in our preparation for this episode, even back before the game happened, was the idea of, like, now the Bears aren't really going to score more than 16 or 17. Like, you need to, as a, you need to have a little bit of fun, and you need to just deliver on some stuff that will be easy against the bad defense. And it happened just as just as I'd hoped. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, the Bears had one of the worst uh, defensive lines in football last year. The Packers had a great offensive line, and it just gets better with more consistent David Bakhtiari appearances at left tackle. He's played 13 games since he hurt his AC, tore his ACL in 2020. Um, yeah, the Bears had three quarterback hits. I believe they had like three or four pressures, but never they I don't believe they sacked Jordan Love. Uh he did a great job of of getting the ball out of his hands fast, making the right read. He threw over the middle. He threw he made the right decision most of the time. I thought the only hiccups from him throwing the ball were just accuracy stuff and like look, second career start, you're like twenty four. Eh. That'll get worked out. That's not that serious of an issue. Well, and also, like, if you can show the ability to convert on third and fourth down and also show the ability to have a little bit of luck go your way, like, if you want to sling it a bit and you can't quite keep it in the pocket, like, can't quite hit all your targets, like, you know, it, there's – I'm going to live with some of that. Yeah, not – you know, we, we've been spoiled for the last 15 years with Aaron Rodgers. We've been spoiled since – 2008 he he was the guy that put the ball on the money most of the time if jordan loves not that i think i think we're fine i think i think we'll be fine watching that player play for the packers uh i grew up looks, i grew up watching far he uh he he threw a, a couple of picks in his time so i yeah, can i can he, i can live a with a, I, I can live with a guy who's gonna miss as long as you are not throwing up some bullshit with those misses if you are driving it downfield but just like making making the wrong read or taking a risk or trusting your guy against one or one and a half or two defenders in a situation where you need the game and you need the yards. Like I'll live with some of this. Yeah. And, and you saw it a, a few times with love, like the, the second touchdown pass to Dobbs on the, on the fade to the left side of the end zone, just a beautiful throw said one-on-one -on -one, go win it. Perfect placement up and away. Uh, cornerback couldn't get to it. Just, just a great throw, said Romeo Dobbs. I trust you to go win it. That was a sequence that I wanted to highlight because you got to go back to the play before that. Because the play before that on that touchdown drive was the the heave on a broken play where Musgrave caught that deep pass, a 37-yard pass. The ball like comes out of Jordan Love's hands, and he he sort of stumbles over a little bit, picks up the ball, finds himself on a rollout, kind of getting back to where the play was supposed to be. It was a rollout, set your feet, and then come back to the tight end. The, the, the coverage is completely busted. I think the Bears broke in a little bit when they, when they heard like a fumble call, and Musgrave's wide open, and the very next play is that, is that pass to Dobbs. And that was... That to me was like a Jordan Love moment where I, I thought like this is a little bit more than just luck today in that he got them out of a broken play 
got himself where he needed to be, delivered a catchable ball to Musgraves, who tripped over half of himself in order to get his other half of himself to catch it, and then brings the brings the team down the field after like a almost 40-yard gain and gets them up for, you know, first and goal, and that's the next play. That sequence right there with no bullshit, nothing in between, and good clock management really throughout all, most of the rest of the game as well outside of you know here and there a few mistakes but that little sequence right there told me that like this guy has put in the work to do this job because like there's a lot of like technical stuff you need to execute on once you complete a big play and like keep the tempo rolling and get the team up that stuff impressed the hell out of me i think on that play musgrave is so wide open they're running that tight end wheel route that San Francisco ran a million times last year. Uh, and so he might have genuinely been open regardless of the fumble. Uh, also, maybe just because the Bears secondary is, is pretty bad. There's the one uh, you want, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I thought the, the the best part about it is is love pulling up on the fumble and immediately looking to Musgrave on that side of the field. It's, it's, it's fumble recovery, look, throw back foot off platform delivery puts the ball where he needs it. it it's it's not a duck but it's not a laser it's just we trust it it felt uh it felt farvian to me yeah just making and so we'll, we'll wait on jordan loves welfare fraud scam in in 35 years you know we'll sit on that but for <laughs> now let's, let's just be excited about what he could do for us oh yeah jordan maybe maybe you know maybe your your children don't play uh volleyball yeah, those those are some really good things on the offense. Uh, you and I have both watched through J.T. O'Sullivan's breakdown of the Bears on offense, and particularly Justin Fields on offense. And because th- that's my segue into talking about you know Packers on defense and Bears on offense, and I think that for me, J.T. O'Sullivan is is really intelligent, but like his uh, he's also very very accurate in his branding, and that his channel is the Quarterback School, and. I was impressed because I've never watched any long form stuff from him before, but in this breakdown that he had of Justin Fields and the bears, he treated the defense as given all the way through, like in all the stuff that he broke down about like what the bears did right or wrong. It was never about like, okay, the defense shuts this down or anything. It's always about like, what is the quarterback supposed to do? So, you know, I don't know that like, you know, JT O'Sullivan is certainly like right to point out a lot of, a lot of stuff that went wrong for the bears because they're kind of the antonym of the Packers in this and that they did exactly what the Packers didn't, which was come out unprepared and slow and confused and, and just not ready to play that game. But yeah, I think, I think a lot of O'Sullivan, like particularly when he's getting on like Cole Komet for not being a willing tackler against like Quay Walker on his pick six touchdown, the game is fucking over dude. Yeah, like, I, I be happy. Comet like didn't walk to the sidelines. I I thought that was the best part because it it, <laughs> it it felt you know I get it. It it does kind of echo the Bears' attitude the whole game, which is like we don't know why we're out here. You don't know why we're out here. We all we're bad. Come on, um, we're not gonna try that hard. And Cole Comet was not trying that hard most of the game. Uh, zero catches, zero. Let me let me pull that back up really quick. Yeah, my, he had zero catches. My man had Greg uh, Greg Olson begging 
like to get you know bears got to get the tight end involved <laughs> like well yeah. are you sure you want that because that is cole Komet. cole Komet, five five receptions 44 yards i was thinking of chase claypool excuse me zero catches zero yards um he thinks the number 10 is gonna block for him he doesn't know number 10 <laughs> oh my good lord uh, yeah no the bears bears on offense looked uh really bad uh they looked they looked confused they looked outmatched and it's 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 hard for me to ascribe all of that confusion and outmatchedness to the Packers defense but i i definitely think the Packers defense plays into that i mean they were the 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 Packers defensive line was getting home at will Devontae Wyatt looked like a superstar Kenny Clark was great Rashawn Gary uh five pressures on 10 pass rush snaps i mean that's outrageous uh jair alexander just smothered dj Moore. two catches for 25 yards um the bears just couldn't get anything going in any aspect of the game and i'm excited to see this packers defense play another just exceptional offense in the atlanta falcons uh and we'll see we'll see what happens yeah, I think the uh, a preview called called the Falcons' offense a more quote traditional rushing offense than than the than the Chicago Bears were. But you know, I I do come back to Justin Fields because there was a lot of that stuff that O'Sullivan pointed out about like the dropbacks are slow, like the reads yeah. are bad, the bailouts are happening. Like these are these are bad quarterback habits, and that was yeah. That's I know you're playing behind a line that's. You know, it kept on being you know, right guard. Where is the right guard? And that's, yeah, that pressure is happening immediately. But at the same time, like, yeah, there is there is something that like, and you know, I'm right in the middle of the south side of Chicago. And I tell you what, like, Bears fans are gonna live with a three point loss to the Packers. They're gonna live with a a seven or a ten point loss to the Packers, but be a little bit salty about it. Like this ass whipping, <laughs> this. This like essentially four score until garbage time, like beat down on, you know, at Soldier Field, like, like people are furious about this. And, you know, furious as only only sports fans can be about sports, because like the team was the whole promise of this and like the whole promise of the last four like Bears regimes has been like this shit is going to stop happening like the like even the assumption that the team is going to probably be pretty bad, that is omnipresent. Like the hope is that it can get a little bit better, but like the, the promise is that the fucking beatdown stop. The promise seems to be that the effort is there. Yeah. The lethargic, the lethargic energy on a field will, will not exist. In, they'll play hard. They might be bad. They might be dumb, but they'll play hard. Uh, and they did not, play hard on sunday they played uh dumb and lethargic and tired and sleepy um and, and i think that goes for the coaching staff too because let me read you a uh Eberflus quote on why dj moore wasn't out there uh for first down from the packers eight eight yard line uh Eberflus said i don't know if it was rotation or i don't know what it was he just had a big play i think he needed a breather you'll have to ask him I know there's a lot of people on him at that time. He broke through a bunch of tackles and had two big plays in a row. Maybe he needed a blow. Maybe it was rotation. I'm not sure on that. <laughs> two catches for 25 yards. What was the big play, Matt? 
what was the big play, Matt Eberflus? What? Where did he need the blow? He didn't really do anything all day. What tackles did he break? Why was your your big acquisition from this offseason uh, not on the field on a on a crucial down? Uh, what's up? Yeah, um, it's wild stuff. I, be- I believe that uh, that possession was the one where Lucas Van Ness tracked down uh, Justin Fields for one of the four sacks the Packers had on Justin Fields, which is, I think, one of the most impressive plays I saw on Sunday from this defense is Lucas Van Ness essentially outrunning Justin Fields to yeah, a point. Yeah, fast. Yeah, exciting. very fast. Good angle. Yeah, Van Ness is a guy that, of course, I know nothing about any of the Packers draft picks ever. That is, that's my central conceit, is that these guys get added and uh, I, I I immediately root, root for them. But yeah, Van Ness definitely looks like that that classic like speed edge rusher kind of guy. And he definitely showed a good pursuit right to where he needed to be. I I really like Lucas Van Ness, uh hyper athletic edge rusher. Um played a bunch. Iowa has this thing where they don't start underclassmen, so he never started a game in college. Um, but he was he was he was very effective and played the most snaps on their defense. Um, other draft picks this year, Jaden Reed. I'm a I'm a Jaden Reed super fan. I think he's gonna be awesome. I I he's he's Romeo Dobbs, but a little bit squatter and thicker. You know. All right. Um, really excited for him to play more of a slot role and punish people over the middle. But I think the most interesting Packers acquisition of this offseason. Dontavian Wicks played the most snaps of any Packers wide receiver last week. Uh, I believe he was like a seventh round draft pick, uh, but didn't have any catches. Didn't get targeted. Or had two targets, um, no catches. Just he he's 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 ready to block. Played the most snaps. He's just an interesting big body receiver. One of my minuses for the Packers was A.J. Dillon. I mean, we were in garbage time when Dillon started getting a lot of carries. Aaron Jones got uh, got hurt on, on his touchdown run, and so Dillon came in. And Dillon does no longer looks like he is fast enough or elusive enough to play in the NFL, which was always the question anyway as to whether or not that he was going to be able to do those things. And the the injuries that he's had just seems to have taken away any ability he has to like move move at all decisively into holes. Like stuff is closing up quicker than uh than he can get to it these days. It's it's interesting, you know, it felt like a few times he had 13 carries for 19 yards. It's a it's a 1.5 yards per carry average it felt like a few times on sunday he would get to kind of a one-on-one ish situation and be completely unable to run over a safety or a cornerback or a linebacker anybody comparable to him in size it was like yeah they're gonna they're gonna win he it it feels like it's he's big for show yeah he's like he's the size of a small truck and he goes down so easily um, which it just it just doesn't match up. I I'm I'm willing to let AJ Dillon get a few games under the belt before I am completely out. But this was this is definitely disappointing. And with AJ, uh with Aaron Jones not practicing so far this week, it's uh, a little bit of a scary proposition uh, for Sunday. 
yeah, I think I think the I don't know. I'm I'm looking for like a a wrap up or a final note on on this Bears Packers game before uh, before taking taking this podcast down down the road in a different direction. I I think that for the Bears, you just have to be uh, you've you've got to be hoping for a better game in in week two because oh my goodness you are going to have a lot of people really really mad at you if you cannot go to t- go down to Tampa Bay and at least like fight against a team that is built to fight and also have Baker Mayfield and like if you're going to get some effort out of Tampa Bay next week so you got to go match it at least yeah Tampa Bay's not good but they're going to play hard uh, mm-hmm. and if 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 you're not good and you don't play hard you will lose to a team that is not good and plays hard every single day of the week. Uh, Baker feels like he's got something to prove. I don't know if he has the ability to prove it, uh, but he's God damn it. He's going to try. Uh, so I, I, I think it's, it's weird to already be like make or break on the bears season, but seeing stuff come out, uh, seeing X posts, uh, slash tweets come out about the dead energy in the Bears locker room, the confusion in that front office after week one of like, how did this happen? What what on <laughs> earth? Where was our football See, team? Yeah, seeing that come out already after week one makes me go like, oh yeah, they don't. Yeah, drag them down into the mud. Drag them into the water and punch them in the mouth. This you could you could end this whole franchise. Mm. They might just shudder it for the rest. They they might just forfeit every other game. This could be over right now. <laughs> Meanwhile, Packers got to be thrilled and also have to uh, you know, again a good coaching staff. You're going to expect them to come out on the road and have a good week next week as well in in a similar kind of situation. In that, I think Atlanta is is not going to score a million points on you. You've got to do the same things that you did uh, successfully, which is run good routes and get yourself into third and manageable situations and make plays on defense to take the ball away. And you know, so you hope for more of the same. Yeah, I think that, you know, Atlanta's not going to throw the ball effectively, which the Packers pass defense is definitely their strength. Uh, and so it, it does come down to Atlanta's strength is is how they run the football. The Packers, historically, their weakness has been how they defend against the run. Uh, let's see how it matches up. It's it's a new opportunity for this this kind of new-look defensive line. Devontae Wyatt's going to have his hands full. Kenny Clark's there. They should be good at this this year. We hope they'll be good at this. But Quay Walker's probably out with the concussion after that pick six. Uh, one, of the, one of my favorite pick six returns I've seen in a long time. That was a good play from him. He he very much needed to get his year off to a good start, and and yeah, hopefully he doesn't miss too much time. But getting getting that pick six, that's how you get your year off to a good start. Um, yeah. So you know, if he's not back, Isaiah McDuffie's starting in his spot most likely. Um, but it'll all come down to uh, to run defense this Sunday. That's Packers Bears for week one. We'll take a break. We'll come back, talk a little bit about uh, some other goings on in the league. I think we all know what it's going to be. It's the second half of Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. I've got a Pipeworks beer. I think it was Ninjas versus Hayes. That's how we're, we're moving into the second half of this broadcast. 
the 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 recap of this takes us right kind of where to I want to go. I just want to look around the NFL, of course, on Thursday night, Detroit beats Kansas City 21 to 20. All the stuff that you talk about as far as like the intangibles and playing hard is is in play for Detroit. Also, Kansas City would love to have some receivers. Yeah, they would they would love to have uh, Travis Kelsey back. Well, that'd be good. Uh, Yeah, that. That Chiefs offense was reminding me of a, a few years of, of Aaron Rodgers, you know, like 2016. Felt like he still had some receivers, but Geronimo Allison's pulling a little bit of weight. Um, 2017, he gets hurt. 2018, 2019. Those were some some rough years with just Devontae Adams. Travis Kelsey will be playing that uh, that Devontae Adams role this year for the Chiefs. It's 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 a it's a barren group over there. Baltimore has no problem with Houston, 25 to 9. Good for Baltimore. Cleveland has no problem in uh, with Cincinnati, 24 to 3. Good for Cleveland. Uh, Tampa Bay comes up and beats Minnesota in a hilarious clown ball game. Love that one. What I, I, the Vikings just, they won a bunch last year and then doubled down on like, yeah, we know we were bad. We got lucky last year. Bunch of dummies. Lost a bunch of guys and added no one. Uh, I don't think the Vikings will be very good this year. My my call, seven wins. Early on in the game, it looked like Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins were capable of winning the game by themselves, and they have proven that they are good enough to do that in the past. So I expect uh, expect about that same for uh, for those two just going out and, and clowning it up. But, oh, that's a silly team. They are. I don't know what they're trying to do over there. This is, I believe this is the last year of Kirk Cousins' contract. So. Who knows what they will do with their quarterback situation, but it feels, it would feel, uh, I, I, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you have Justin Jefferson and you, you spoil it? How do you have a guy that steps in day one and is like, yeah, he might be the best receiver in the NFL uh, from day one. And you go like, so we're going to pin him with Kirk Cousins. And then we'll let Kirk Cousins walk, and yeah, we'll fill it with whoever. Um, the Vikings are 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 destined for Baker Mayfield might trash. be back on the market. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, don't don't do that to Justin. Justin doesn't deserve that. No, he doesn't. New Orleans beats Tennessee, uh, sixteen to fifteen. Good for uh, good for the new new look Saints. Um, I have very little to say about about that one, but uh, Atlanta does get the win over Carolina. But if you want to go back to New Orleans, Tennessee. Yeah, I I mean, Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions and that's that's the deciding factor of the game. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill is not very good and I don't think they have a better option on their roster. I know they took uh, Will Levis out of Kentucky. I don't think he's going to be very good. Um, they have Malik Willis on the roster. He was pretty bad uh, in limited showing last year, and yeah, he, he was, was. A, he was a he was a project quarterback. He came out of I think Liberty. I tell you what, uh, let's so... uh, let's give props to what they're doing in Tennessee, where they've decided that Ryan Tannehill is good enough and fucking stuck with it. Yeah, and hey, they won the they won the AFC with it. He is good know? enough. I mean, they're right. They're completely. He's. I think. I think Ryan Tannehill's the the old Andy Dalton line of like. You can win game. You can win playoff games with somebody better than this guy, and I think Ryan Tannehill is dead on that line. 
of like, yeah, you might be able to win a game or two if you have Derrick Henry and a good enough defense. Yeah, you'll be fine. Um, I agree with him. I think they just might be running out of time now. He's like 36. Taking a look closer at Atlanta Falcons defeating the uh, the Carolina Panthers. That game was close until the fourth quarter, 14 unanswered from Atlanta. Desmond Ritter was uh, was efficient in that game. Not a whole lot going on there, but 130 yards, two scores on the ground for the Falcons. They also um, get to combine uh, two sacks and four tackles for loss. So uh, the team that uh, team that knows what they want to do, they also took the ball away twice from Carolina. Yeah, Bryce Young making his first start. It, if you're if you're Atlanta, you should you should win a rookie's first start. It, it just just go take it. Just control the ball. They're going to turn it over a little bit, and Bryce Young did. Looking on from that, uh, Jacksonville gets the win over Indianapolis. Shit is falling apart in Indianapolis, and uh, yeah, they they don't they don't know what's coming or going in that franchise. Jim Irsay's Jim Irsay's snorting a little bit too much uh, hmm. to know what he wants to do with that that team. I think I think you get ten different answers every day if you ask him who the coach is. <laughs> uh, San Francisco after Pittsburgh, where the preseason heroes uh, playing with all sorts of sauce in the games that don't matter. San Francisco beats the shit out of them. I'm I'm not a Brock Purdy believer but I'm open to being convinced. Okay. I'll, I'll listen to you. Yeah. He's, he's, I don't have a he's fine. He seems okay. I don't have a, I don't have a case yet. You know, everything to me goes like, yeah, plays for Kyle Shanahan. He made Jimmy Garoppolo look pretty good at spurts, right? Yeah. Give me a little bit more time. Let's see him play against a team. That's not really bad. Like the Steelers have been you know, eight and eight eight and nine nine and eight let's i'm i'm open to seeing i'm open to believing but i'm not there yet next up washington uh, wins at home over uh arizona good for them uh las vegas <laughs> defeats denver um i i russell wilson failing was very funny to me last year because he failed in a very specific and very very specific to russell wilson kind of way but uh yeah that's uh i i don't i don't know what's going on out in denver other than like nathaniel hackett is is some sort of some sort of <laughs> incredible like non-coach figure um i think that sean payton is a bad coach and I, I want to, I think that most celebrities who are in like a little bit of trouble, not a ton of trouble, just a little bit of trouble, should hire whoever his agent and PR team are and <laughs> right. just have them run the campaigns. Because they turned this guy who had maybe, you know, a t maybe a top five quarterback of all time, Drew Brees. Set feels like he set every record in the book. Oh, I'm, I'm easily uh, with you top five of all time. He was amazing. He was, he was incredible. He may be the most accurate quarterback of all time. Didn't always have the arm strength. One of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time. Sean Payton won, did less than Mike McCarthy did with Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and somehow gets the pass. Yeah, I'm not does. a Mike McCarthy defender by any means. I don't know how Sean Payton gets any pass for having Drew Brees and going seven and eight, seven and nine, eight and eight most seasons uh yeah maybe sean payton just sucks and also russell russell wilson consistently a guy that held the ball over three seconds per drop back 
Uh, that doesn't really work once you're into your 30s and the athleticism declines a little bit. Foreshadowing. But- Miami goes on the road and defeats Los Angeles and the Chargers. Uh, great to see to a Tagovailoa back in action after after getting really injured last year. Hope things go well for Miami because they can be fun if they do. They're they're electrifying. Tua is. I I don't really I don't I I I haven't wrapped my head around how it works. It does somehow, it just man. Is, he just is very good in a way that is so old school and traditional and makes me think of like Drew Bledsoe of he's just, he's just putting the ball on you and letting you run. And that's, that's the game. Let's see. Philadelphia defeats new England. Um, you know, they, I think that, that there's going to be a little bit of a regression to the mean. I think that there's going to be a huge dogfight out in the, uh, the AFC East now that, that everything is, has gone to shit over there and uh, Philadelphia, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to build something. I think they're in, I think they've just maintained in the right direction over the off season. Yeah. I, I, I think their defense is going to be going to be nuts again. I I'm a Jalen hurts believer. I think them adding Deandre Swift is, is great as a third running back. I know Rashad Penny was not active uh, on Sunday, but having Deandre Swift in the depths of your running back room is, is, that's pretty good. Let's see. Um, the the L.A. Rams defeat the Seattle Seahawks, and that's that's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting. It, it's a game that people are going to uh, put too much meaning into because I don't I, think either I, of these teams are good. I yeah, I, I don't either. I I think I think the Rams, as long as Cooper Cup's on IR, I'm shocked they got to thirty. Uh, Without Cooper Cup, like, good luck having that 2-2 Atwell and, and Puka Nakua as your top receivers. Good luck. You know, good luck. Yeah, it's, an, yeah, it's, an, it's under- a new look for the Rams. Yeah, new new look. Uh, I'm also not a Seattle believer. I like Geno Smith. I'm glad he had the year that he had last year. Yeah, I think I'm he just, des- I, he deserved a good year as a starter in the NFL. If he puts together more than that, I'll continue to applaud him. Uh, yeah, I also just don't believe in their running backs. I don't believe in their defense. DK Metcalf's great. I like Jackson Smith and Jigba. I like Tyler Lockett. But outside of, of a few guys on this team, I'm just not a Seattle believer. And the Rams were dreadful last year and did nothing to improve. Uh, so not a good start for Seattle. The Sunday night game was probably the the funny, the unproblematically funniest game of the week. The Dallas Cowboys uh, destroy the New York Giants forty to nothing. Uh, did Daniel Jones complete a pass in that game? Because there was a stretch where I watched him get sacked four times, and I was done with that shit. Um, it says he completed fifteen, but uh, I don't, I don't believe it. Oh my uh, lord, seven, seven sacks. Him? How much is Daniel Jones making? What contract did they sign him to? He's more than me is pretty much where I'm at with that. He makes a lot of money to get sacked seven times. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's a bad value proposition for both sides. And that like, you can pay a quarterback the league minimum to get sacked seven fucking times. <laughs> uh, Daniel Jones, four year, $160 million extension, oh, $82 good idea. million dollars fully guaranteed, um, an additional $35 million available in incentives. 
Uh, I think a bad decision. Uh, that guy's uh, not very good. Um, yeah, the Giants are going to, I think the Giants will continue to be pretty unserious for a while. Confidence um, showing from the Cowboys on the road as well. Yeah, no, they, I mean, hey, good, good for them to come into MetLife and, and play well. Um, Dak Prescott did all that he needed to do. I, their defense is going to be the star of this Cowboys team. I don't think it's going to be the offense. I think the defense is going to be what carries this team. And if they can continue putting up a showing like that, uh, then uh, more power to them. But the Giants' offense isn't exactly uh, uh, star-studded. Matt, that takes us to where we always knew we were going <laughs> to. Absolutely, the Monday to night New York game. City again. Yeah. All roads lead to uh, lead to New Jersey, actually, in the Meadowlands, where uh, where the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers uh, brought the flag out on uh, on on the anniversary of September 11th, and. It was a big moment, and there was a lot leading up to this game. And four snaps into his Jets career, and Rodgers tears his Achilles, and uh, he is done for the year, most likely for longer than the year, possibly forever. And I, I, I had the, I had the experience of tuning into this game late, after the Rodgers injury. I was doing something or another. I was grilling a charcoal chicken is what I was doing. And I, so I was making pollo asado out on my grill. It was fucking pouring rain. But I had the chicken. You know, I grew these habaneros. had the whole setup where I had to commit to it. And uh, so I come in, and we've got the chicken off the grill. I'm gonna, And it's like, all right, I got to see what's going on in this game now. And I tune in, and it's Zach fucking Wilson just leading a dipshit drive down the field for the Jets. And it was in a, uh, and you know, it's just luck, but it was in a spot in the game where Buck and Aikman were not talking about what happened to Rodgers. And so I watched like this entire drive culminating in whatever stupid shit Zach Wilson did to end the drive. And they're just like, they're not mentioning it. And then they went to break, not mentioning it and when they came back. Of course I got it, but I'm sitting there with Amy just going like, where where's the guy? What's happening? Where's the thing? And yeah, I got to learn in 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 kind of catch up what had happened with uh, with Rogers, and then once I got caught up, but but my goodness, it it was over before it started, man. Four snaps. Four um, snaps. It was it was tough to watch in person because. Aaron Rodgers, the guy that played through all last year with a broken thumb, he's not coming out of a game unless he's absolutely got to. Um, and it was, it was, it looked uh, like nothing in the moment. I watched him go down. I watched him get up. I watched him sit down. I went like, oh, you know, it's probably like a, you know, injured his calf a little bit. He had a calf strain this this preseason. Um. You know, maybe maybe he rolled his ankle. They cut to the slow-mo. I go like, oh, maybe he rolled his ankle. Uh, and then there's no roll. Nope. nope. Torres Achilles tendon, which is which is tough to come back to as a 39-slash-40-year-old. Man, that's hard to come back to for anyone at all. 
Like there's kind it, of an there's a, there's an elite reserved group of guys who are able to rehab from that kind of accident. And you know, I'm around I'm around enough low level college athletes in my in my real job to where like you know, I kind of know what an Achilles does to a normal guy. <laughs> yeah. And even like a normal guy who maybe is on it on a varsity roster somewhere in in the NAIA. And those are, you know, that'll end your career at 22 in a lot of cases. So this is this is as bad as it could be for Rodgers. And, you know, of, of all the of all the stuff that like I've thought about Rodgers and, you know, the end of last season, that game against Detroit and that fucking bullshit we've had to deal with with like the, the sort of new the new post pandemic Aaron Rodgers who's just the most iconoclastic conformist you've ever seen in your life. Hat tip to the Twitter account that, that coined that and the writer who actually coined that. But, you know, this, this fucking Joe Rogan turn from this asshole, like all the bullshit that comes along with it. The, I'm just sort of a, I'm just a mystical guy asking questions while I do my big deals, like bullshit that he puts out there. And like, like I'm annoyed at that, but this is not, what we were looking for this is terrible no now i i do want to make it clear did i find it funny that he led the jets offense out on the 9 11 uh tribute game with an american flag after the deshaun kaiser podcast interview where deshaun kaiser said the first conversation he had with aaron Rodgers was aaron Rodgers is... going do you believe in 9 11 oh that part of it Rodgers remains said, funny as shit yes <laughs> yeah and aaron said you should read up on that read up i on find that. that very funny yeah um I, I find this like really frustrating as a guy that lives in, I live in Brooklyn. I, I was excited to go to a Jets game and watch Aaron Rodgers play. Cause I, I loved watching him play football. Uh, his last season, Green Bay aside, which was incredibly frustrating. Um, I loved watching him play football. He's a, he's a, an oddball who I don't really like anymore. Uh, as a man, I don't really respect him anymore as a man. Uh, he's a he's a guy that's taken the turn of like, um, I'm gonna make sure uh, everybody doesn't like me. I'm like, dude, come on, fucking, are you, how old are you, dude? You're playing like the fucking blue checkmark game on Twitter slash X. You're being the the dumbest guy alive on purpose. He's just asking uh, questions. I'm just asking questions. He's just, just got some theories. I'm just saying that I think the aliens built the pyramids. Come on. Uh, okay, pal. I'm just a little uh, bit kooky and out there. I'm I'm just quirky. Now buy my Zenith watch. Yeah. Uh, fuck off. Yeah, um, I mean this dumb shit is a consequence of like the fact you know when you when you get to Aaron Rodgers levels, like in order to maintain like any kind of normal day to day, like your circle shrinks to about like you know as small you have a big group of people that like know you and associate with you. But like, you come to the point where like you're hanging out with like 85 to 90% other millionaires. And that's when like the, you know, the brain cells just start dropping out being like, I'm done in that. Like you just get into this echo chamber with other, other dumb guys who have a million dollars. <laughs> Bad things happen, but yeah, this is, she this is awful. I was expecting. And, you know, it, especially like, you can make fun of him going to the Jets, but at the same time, like the Jets had something cooking and that defense is scary. And Brees Hall is a man and that like things are going well over there. Like Dalvin Cook is backing up Brees Hall. That's good. 
Like a bunch of good stuff is on the way over there. And then like it turns into like the New York Jets led by Zach Wilson this year. It they the Jets, you know, they brought in Dalvin Cook, their defense is great. They brought in uh, Lazard and Randall Cobb. And, you know, they they brought in a few guys. They didn't bring anybody to bulk up that offensive line, which was their weakness last year. Uh, and if you think that this version of Aaron Rodgers is going to get the ball out fast enough to defeat the point of a bad offensive line, you're, you're wrong. He, the, that that isn't his game. He it's wagered his entire ass Achilles on on that, and yeah, and see how it went. When when he's at his best, that's what he's doing. He didn't do that all of last year. He refuses to attack the middle. It's 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 the it's the line. You had to bulk up the line. They didn't, and unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers' Achilles is the the result of that. It's a freak accident, but it's like man. That that line was bad. You you can't really expect you 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 couldn't expect a forty year old quarterback to stay upright most of the time with that line. And unfortunately, the freak accident happened immediately. Yeah, it it comes back to this this thing that football is at its core like pretty simple. Like there's a layer of complexity that is on top of it that of course you know, will is required, but. At the end of the day, like you can scheme up whatever you want, and like JT O'Sullivan can break it down for two and a half hours. But like, you know, the thing that JT O'Sullivan like kept on coming back to with the Bears is like, someone create a fucking pocket for this guy. And that's the thing is like the line of scrimmage is where you lose or w- win games. And you know, contrast, contrast right now like the teams that haven't spent the last couple of years investing on like their ability to control the line of scrimmage on both phases, like versus the teams who have like that's what the lions have done well i I don't you know the lions have some skill players that they've come across that are some level of good and but are like largely still unproven and they keep on they have the luxury of adding more of those guys now but what they've been doing for the last you know the entire tenure of what campbell's been doing there is building the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball Like, the Jets do that same thing. Like, Robert Sala knows that. Dan Campbell knows that. Like, these are people who are, are like, and you assume that, like, the front offices that hire them also have at least the ability to feign interest in that phase of the game versus the teams that don't. But, like, yeah, I can't can't understand why you put uh, anyone behind that kind of line and, yeah, these the ability sometimes of the front office to, like, to gamble on on skill position players while while ignoring like the line of scrimmage it's it's amazing because it's it's a recipe recipe for disaster over and over like you can gamble and win but like overall like the house will get you on that shit yeah it's it's i mean the jets defensive line is terrific but the lines are great on both sides yeah they have bulldogs up front on offense and on defense. And why do you think Jared Goff has been pretty good? Yeah, that's why I'm optimistic on the, the Packers this year is that I think they have those guys on both sides as well. Offensive line, probably uh, three steps behind the defensive line in that category. But like, I think that they have the ability to play that kind of ball. And that's why that's why the season looks better than it did before they played the Bears. 
Yeah. Uh, Jordan Love, if Jordan Love can stay upright, I think that he's going to do a pretty good job of getting the ball where it needs to go. And that gives a, a young quarterback just starting out an opportunity to be good. It also helps someone like Aaron Rodgers be great. And he didn't have the yep. chance to be great this year because that offensive line is is uh, Swiss cheese, just a, a revolving turnstile. So, so yeah, so Rogers basically gets back to posting anti-vax shit on on Instagram or whatever it is he's going to occupy his time with nowadays. Um, it's almost refreshing yeah. to not kind of to be so sick of his shit. <laughs> like, like, and at least it's not like he's not coming out for the football team I want to win and and wasting time with this anti-vax stuff. But you know, I gotta say, and I've had this thought like since watching him you know watching monday night and seeing what happened to him is that like i do feel bad for him because like i mean obviously you don't want him to blow his achilles out but on top of that like there's this been this like three four maybe even stretching back further but there's been this time period with him where he's always always like kind of publicizing the stuff he's doing to feel better and at the core of that like you kind of realize like he doesn't feel good you know, like whatever he he knows something's wrong. You know, the ayahuasca trips and the the darkness retreats and all that. Like, I come back to this idea that like you don't do that if you feel okay. It's you know, it's for a lesser uh, comparison. I'm never trusting anybody talking on Instagram about like I'm feeling the best I've ever felt in my life. Yeah. I feel great. You're posting about it. I don't believe you. Yeah, if you're making if a you post did, about it, I'm not in. I I do not buy it. I don't buy. I don't buy it. You wouldn't. You're trying to convince me. You're trying to sell me something. Yep. Aaron Rodgers has been trying to sell us something for the last couple of years. I don't know. You know, we'll never know what happened. We'll never know what the 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 shift was, uh, or what the issue is. Um, but no, I I I feel bad because he he seemed from the footage I was seeing from the Hard Knocks clips, seemed like he was in a decent place with the Jets, and this has got to be really tough. To be staring down the barrel of a twelve-month rehab that may or may not work, you know. I remember when Kevin Durant tore his Achilles, and it was like miraculous he made it back and was and was as good of an athlete as he originally was. You know, it just might not work for Aaron. Uh, and it this is this would be the the saddest way for for. You know, a first ballot, sure, fire Hall of Famer. I think probably the best quarterback I've ever seen play uh, to go out. This would be devastating. Yeah, this would be really tough. I've I've been such a fan of Rodgers for so long. I got uh, I got a little burnt out on on uh, on the personal stuff and the on the field product, frankly, for the last last couple of seasons in Green Bay. But yeah, this is this is a different different kind of thing. You know the the Jets going forward, they're banding about all these like you you could bring uh, you know, Brian Hoyer out of retirement to play for the Jets, and you know I think I think for me and you know it's just this is a Mike Fleischman thing, like the minute that you decided to keep Zach Wilson and not just like pay Mike White a little bit more to just sit on the bench behind Aaron Rodgers, like that's you know you resigned yourself to this, like we have a forty year old guy and and an offensive line that we didn't bother to get better like. Like I think that, I think that Mike White being a motherfucker gives you a better chance for success in that. But you know, there are people in New York that still believe in Zach Wilson. I am, I'm not one of them, 
in that I'm not in New York and I don't believe in Zach Wilson. No, I, I, I think Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's one of the few quarterbacks I've ever seen play. Nathan Peterman. He's bad. In this group. He's terrible. Uh, that has made me go like, would Johnny Manziel be better if you <laughs> were on this field right now? Yeah, can we call well, him up? I, you know, both of them, I go like, I'm not sure. I don't think so. But the fact that it's entering the brain and rattling around this empty chasm uh, makes me go like, man, it's fucking close. Zach Wilson is bad. Uh, he's just lucky that this game uh, turned into a Zach Wilson off, and somehow Zach Wilson lost the Zach Wilson impression contest to Josh Allen, who threw three interceptions and looked dreadful. Yeah, it looked terrible. Um, and that's, you know, Josh Allen, he's not just doing a Zach Wilson impression. He's doing a Brett Favre impression. He, he's, he's slinging it. One way or the other, and you're going to live by it or you're going to die by it. And they, the Bills died by it uh, on Monday night. It was, it was, it was, it was hard to watch. He, he just looked out of place. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to score 16 and win in the NFL. Like that, Even you, against you, the Jets, you do not get to do led that. By yeah. Zach Wilson. Yeah, look at, uh, look at week number one. No team that scored less than six. Uh, one team scored 16 and one. In week number one, that was New Orleans. They're playing the Titans. Yeah, they're playing the Titans and at home. Tannehill also threw three interceptions. So there you have it. Uh, that's that's the differentiator. Yeah, yeah. That's win on the 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 overtime punt return. Uh, just ugly game, start to finish. Really. Yeah, I got. I was done with that game. By just after halftime, I thought to myself, "This is this is silly. I've got I've got to get to bed and you know have a business like day the next day." And so I missed I missed the comeback. Um, I just it's an, it's such a shitty way to wrap up the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Like you know, especially after the the game against Detroit, you know, and you know, for me, one of the bad tastes in my mouth today is like hearing from a bunch of talking heads like there's no one on earth more competitive than Aaron Rodgers. Like, did you watch him play against Detroit last year? <laughs> like, Both games. Yeah. Like, did you watch him play? I, I know he had a broken thumb, but like, like the broken thumb does not prevent you from like, I don't know, looking like you have like thoughts happening or, or being at all excited for like what's going on around you on the field or, or like, you know, talking to your teammates, that sort of stuff. The the yeah. broken thumb doesn't keep you from throwing the ball across the middle for four years. Yeah, like the the broken thumb doesn't doesn't make it so that like you know, you, you are not you are not at all engaged with your teammates as as you know, just as a matter of course, and that there's only a few guys on the team that it's understand that you like, and that there's like a whole genre of like tabloid coverage out there around like the guys that you don't like right now. And, and they they don't understand your special sign language because you refuse to teach it to them, like this kind of this kind of stuff. Like, yeah, that's the bad taste in my mouth from the media right now. Of like, you no one understands how hard this guy works. Like, like well, you know, I the NFL is full of hard workers. Like, he's not in any sort of like rare air around there. Like, third string guys also work. You know, it's not a matter of hard work that makes you. You know, make makes you exclusively succeed or fail. Uh, I've got a, uh, I've got a, I've got an, a tweet from Zach Rosenblatt, who's the uh, the the Jets 
beat reporter for the athletic um talking about the the aaron Rodgers tabloid coverage uh i thought this was related uh aaron Rodgers had expressed to the jets coaches that he doesn't like the play calls involving the cut blocks because he can't extend the play and it forces him to get rid of the ball quickly sources tell me it failed twice on his four dropbacks. One resulted in a throwaway. <laughs> on the other, he got injured when Dwayne Brown's cut failed to stop Leonard Floyd. Uh, it took four snaps for Rodgers to start leaking things to the media about how he doesn't like what they're doing. Um, some things will never change. Yeah. And, uh, you know, also, you know, that would be, had that cut block stopped Leonard Floyd, in time for Rodgers to do that, that would have been the first time that cut block ever fucking stopped Leonard Floyd. Sure. From doing the anything. The cut block worked because Garrett Wilson was open on yeah. the slant across the middle. And he said, nope. Nope. Uh, yeah, the play wasn't designed for you to extend it. Yeah. It was designed for you to get rid of the ball quickly to the guy across the middle. Sorry, you can't, you can't win games throwing just to the outside. It's really hard. It's going to be a wild year, man. That was a wild week one. And that had that had more football than I needed. Like I needed some NFL football in my life. But that that was like that was that was a lot and the Monday night capper to it was yeah, that was too much. Like too much too much of a of a just a bring down, but man, I'm I'm fired up for this year. The Packers look good. The NFC North looks like just a collection of of odd teams. I like the makeup of this four-team NFC North right now. There's a whole bunch of fun, fun matchup possibilities. Lions versus Packers this year. Like, you know, if this Packers team thinks that you know they needed to be up week one to go beat the Bears on the road, you're going to need to be way up both times you play the Lions this year because they are yeah, they are for real this year. At least in like the effort and like the talent is going up over there. The talent is starting to match the effort. I think I think Amin Ross St. Brown is is a very legitimate top five wide receiver in the NFL. Jared Goff has been good enough. Um their defense is solid and they play hard enough to make up for any talent deficiencies. Uh yeah, I I, I think it's a fun year because there's no team I look at and I go like that's a favorite. Even even the 49ers, I go like, I don't trust Sprock Purdy. I don't trust Kyle Shanahan. I don't trust so much of the way they built that team. It it it's so hard to keep a good team together yeah. year over year over year over year, and that core has been eroded enough over the last four or five years. Where I go, like, I don't know if that's going to be good enough. But I also don't know if there's any team that's far and away head head and shoulders above anybody else. It's a pretty flat NFL this year, and I'm excited for it. Well, we're going to keep on talking about it throughout the year. I have been Mike Fleischman. That has been Matt Mellomsetter. This has been Cheeseheads in Chicagoland for week number one of the regular season. I am I am completely exhausted by this week. I'm, I'm just hoping that like you know nothing happens to some of my like all time favorite football players. Uh, maybe in the the next rest of the season, if we can get get through the rest of the season without like some of my all time favorites. Uh, you know, getting implicated in welfare fraud scandals or uh, tearing their Achilles or you know, anything like that. If we could just keep it on an even keel for a little while, man, I'm going to be all right. But until next week, we're never going to get rid of this outro. Matt, what do we tell them? 
Uh, stay cheesy, baby. If I hear Mercedes Lewis committed white collar crime, I'm 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 running off a bridge. I'm sprinting so hard off the Williamsburg Bridge. 